It's time now for the complete story with Rich and Dick Bott, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here are Rich and Dick Bott with today's complete story. Well, Rich, here we are in the studio again. I, uh, I still have my crazy old voice that doesn't want to work right. I can still articulate, though, and that way I can express what I feel and what I think. Right. Well, we can hear we can hear your voice isn't working right, but I think maybe it's getting a little bit better. You know, God provides uh, whatever a person needs uh, throughout their lifetime. I was thinking 50 years ago, they didn't have medical advances. They did, but God still took care of things. And uh, so now we have Mayo Clinic up in Rochester, New York. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what they have to say about it. Yeah, so let's see what they say. April 25th, I think, is when the appointment is. By the way, I want to tell our listeners how much I appreciate when they are they call our listener comment line and so many say they're praying i think that's wonderful we are a family don't you think so that's right that's right what is that listener comment line number 1-800-345-2621 yeah well we really enjoy that we are reading those but listen now folks we're going to be talking about a variety of things and it's all wonderful did you hear what i said it's all wonderful for one reason, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. But a lot of people don't know about him. A lot of people have never accepted him. A lot of people have never taken their Christian faith seriously. But I'll tell you, our job is to tell the good news of the gospel. Here's the Gaithers to tell us about it. Everybody ought to
you see, Rich, uh, then the people have a choice either to accept him or reject him. I mean, we are given that free choice to accept him or reject him. And uh, so that's what it's about, isn't it? Um, I want to mention also, uh, there was something that I had in my Bible for years and years and years on meeting the Master, on meeting the Master. Listen, folks, um, each and every one of us in the audience right now, the Bot Radio Network family, you recall when you did the very same thing. But I can't read that to the folks now, Rich, but you can, so do it for the folks. I had walked life's way with an easy tread, had followed where comforts and pleasures led, until one day in a quiet place I met the Master face to face. With station and rank and wealth for my goal, much thought for my body, but none for my soul. I had entered to win in life's mad race when I met the Master face to face. I met him and knew him and, and blushed to see that his eyes full of sorrow were fixed on me. And I faltered and fell at his feet that day while my castles melted and vanished away. Melted and vanished and in their place, not else did I see but the master's face. I cried aloud, Oh, make me meek to follow the steps of thy wounded feet. My thought is now for the souls of men. I have lost my life to find it again. Ere since one day in a quiet place, I met the master face to face. Here's Donnie Sumner to sing about it. Like a babe, when it cries for its mother. Like a child, as helpless and alone. But then I met the master And now I am one of his home And all things were changed When he found me A all around me For I met the Master And now I belong to Him And when He came to me it's like a blind man walking in the darkness. But Lord, on the inside, how I long for some light. In King Jesus, and I met the Master, and now I walk. Night. And all 
changed when he found me. I testimony of Donnie Sumner. People listening to that that don't know, uh, they have to understand from where he came, because he was raised in a good home, I think he had good parents or something, and then he really fell off the tracks. He really got off into what he thought was fame and fortune, and he was just going to run to the moon or something, and he got into alcohol, got into big, big problems, and then he came back just exactly like the like the, uh, the the young man, the boy that came back home to be with his dad. The prodigal son. That's what I'm trying to think of, absolutely. So anyway, that is the same for every one of us folks. That is the same, whatever your color, whatever your origin, whatever uh, your age, whatever your status in life, if you don't bow your knee at the foot of the cross and find the Lord as your Savior, why, uh, it's, it's, it's a very empty life, isn't it? Yes. Uh, when did we first meet Dr. John Perkins at, uh, in Mississippi there? Well, we met him in Kansas City. At the uh, at the the Bible College, believe, the seminary. I believe it was yes. The Carver Baptist Bible College and Seminary, named after George Washington Carver. Right. Because listen, folks, in Kansas City, there was a time when no seminary and no uh, Bible college in Kansas City would allow a black American to come and study the Bible and learn to preach. So Carver. Carver, they started then. They said, well, well, we'll start our own school. And when we came to Kansas City 55 or 56 years ago, and I heard this story, I thought, my word, my goodness, what a, what a tragic thing. So we became their friend, and we still are. But anyway, here's John Perkins. Now, John Perkins, Dr. John Perkins, did you know that in, he was a very young man? He, he come to know the Lord out in California at uh, John MacArthur's father's church. His name was Jack MacArthur, and it was through a series of circumstances that John Perkins, as a young man, came to meet Jack MacArthur, attend his church, and that's where he came to know the Lord. Now, uh, what do we know about the 100 Huntley Street in the Canada, Rich? Well, it's in Canada. For one thing, it's a Christian television program, yeah. uh, very similar to the 700 Club here. Well, I tell you what, I found in our archives, um, 
where Dr. John Perkins, he has to be in his 90s now, where Dr. John Perkins told his whole testimony. Now listen, Rich, and everybody else in the audience, when you hear this, it's remarkable, it's wonderful when you see someone who has had to live through a terrible, terrible uh, life and and uh, where people just put every roadblock in front of them and still they survived and were a champion. Here is the story of Dr. John Perkins right now in Jackson, Mississippi. is Mendenhall, Mississippi, I think it is. Here it is. Hi, I'm Kevin Scott with 100 Huntley Street, and we are joined here today by Dr. John Perkins, who is one of the leading evangelical voices to come out of the civil rights movement. I am so excited to have him here today. John, it's great to be with you. It's good to be with you, and it's good to be on 100 Huntley Street again. Well, I, we are so glad you're here. So tell us a little bit about uh, what you're up to these days and, um, and what you're doing uh, with your foundation. Well, I'm trying to finish my course uh, uh, and pass on what I have learned out of struggle uh, during these uh, 57 years that I've been in the Kingdom of God, 54 years, sort of somewhat full-time uh, ministry and trying to pass that on to the leadership. And so anytime I can get together some leaders to share uh, what we, the past, the present, and yeah. look to the future and how we can make a better future. Yeah. That's, my, that's my thoughts right now, and God has given me more opportunities than I can fulfill. Yeah, wow. Let's take a step back. I know that um, uh, your brother was tragically murdered in Mississippi, and you vowed that you would never return there, and now you live and do work in Jackson, Mississippi. Can you tell us about that story and, and yeah. why you decided to go back? <laughs> Yeah, you, you have to know a little bit about my early life. Uh, my mother died when I was seven months old. Uh, I, I got to know my father, interact with him, but it seemed that he somewhat rejected us early on in life. And so I sort of grew up without there, an institution of love, an intact family. My own family, what I went to, my grandmother and my uncle took me in, took us in, the five of us, she ended up giving three of them away wow. uh, to other members of the family, and uh, then I was raised there. So I grew up in this sort of an intact family. And then, of course, this one brother that was close to me then, uh, he went into World War II and came out, went over there to fight Hitler's racism, and then come back to his own hometown and was killed on a race incident when I was uh, 16 years old. And uh, then I left. Uh, because our family was afraid that something might happen to us. And so I vowed to leave Mississippi never to come back. Wow. But it was after being there for about 10 years that I, I came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Wow. I found what I didn't have, and that was the love of God. Wow. And I said, if there's a God in heaven that loved me enough to give his only begotten son to die for me, I really want to know that God. And I course, kept going to Sunday school and being disciples, and I came to know that Christ. Yeah. Then I realized, first I realized that I was a deep sinner, even though all those other things that had happened to my brother and others, that I was a deep sinner. And, and I really said, I want to go back and live out my Christian life yeah. 
back in uh, Mississippi. As I look back over now, in uh, that experience and my discipleship, I think that uh, once you get to understand God, that he's a pretty big God, yeah. that he's probably big. And I think that's one of the problems with us. I think we have reduced God and think of him as an individual buddy and friend. Yeah. And we reduced him so little that he can only make my need. And I think that's what makes prosperity, Christianity so popular, because God is, is going to meet my need. Well, God wants to do more than that. Yeah. He wants us to enter into his redemptive work. That should, that should give us the thoughts, the greatness. That should give us a thought that we can work together with this creative God. Yeah. Uh, the God who calls this light to shine out of darkness. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. Yeah. And he said, let there be light. And it's been light. The darkness can't put it out. Yeah. That God... Paul says, has shined that light into our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God as we look in the face of Jesus Christ. So we have reduced God too much to our individualistic yeah. idea yeah. that he has a bigger purpose for us than that. Even when he tells us to work, he tells us to work with our own hand assuming that we're going to be an infidel if we don't take care of ourselves and our family yeah. so we can give to other people the need. Yeah. And it's that neighbor, it's that neighbor, it's that neighbor that he calls us to. Uh, 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 to. So this is so interesting because what you're saying is that so many people want a life that's easy or that's comfortable, but the love of God literally compelled you to go back to a, a very tough place and a tough situation and a tough circumstance but, but you were willing to do that because of the love uh, that Christ gave you first. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's in, that, it's in that need for a challenge, and in that need for a challenge, it don't mean that it's easy. Then you have to look back after that mm -hmm. and see where your learning curve was, and that's where it was at. Yeah. Because you, people talk about reconciliation. It was in that Brandon jail in 1970 when I was tortured by white policemen and uh, I saw the evil of racism, the evil of it. Mm. But as I saw it, I could see myself because if I'd had an atomic hand grenade, I would have pulled the plug and it would have killed all of us in that jail. I saw that my sin was just as dark as their sin. And that's when I said, Lord, if you let me out of this jail alive, I know I was bargaining with God. So I'm yeah. not being no hero. I was bargaining with God. I was trying to get God to let me yeah. out of jail. I said, if you let me out of this jail tonight, I want to preach a gospel that is stronger than my than my racial interest. Uh -huh. I want to preach a gospel that is stronger than I want to preach a gospel that can reconcile white, blacks, Jews, and Gentiles mm -hmm. to Jesus Christ. Wow. And I'm living to see this whole new multi- culture, church, planning. It's just a small, small seed. Yeah. Or you could say it's just a small little cloud like Elijah, but it's going to win. Yeah. It's the winner. It's the winner. It's going to say, who are these in Revelation? Yeah. These are they that came out of great tribulation. Wow. These are the ones who worshiping God from every nation and every tongue. That was the intention. We allowed racism and slavery and economic exploitation to blind us to that, to blind us to that. And of course, what we're doing though, we don't see the depths of that blindness. 
which means we can't repent adequate enough. Yeah. You, you know. Uh, Let me ask you this. I love that you are Dr. Perkins, but you have all of these honorary doctorates, but you only completed the third grade. Is that somewhere correct? Somewhere between the third and the fifth grade, I dropped out. That's, and I went back to school. That is so amazing. Tell me about that and how you've gained such wisdom in your life. Well, I, I tell you, when I was in my discipleship, I was trying to read the Bible. That somebody told me, a lady, a former missionary, she told me that I needed to read the whole Bible uh, so I could get a drip of what the Bible was about, that it was a storybook. Mm-hmm. It's a story of God's redemption, you, you know. And so I was to have to read the whole Bible. And so I was excited reading the Bible because how it had affected me when I came to Christ. And, uh, and I came to... a uh, chapter 12, and, um, and uh, boy, I could hear God when he said, Abraham, get thee out from among your kindred from your father's house, and, and I'll make you. It was like the disciple, the call of the disciple. I will make you. I will bless them that bless you. I curse them that curse you. Through you, Abraham, all the families of the earth would be blessed. And I, I took that blessing. I on myself, I asked God for that blessing. And I said, Lord, would you redeem my name? And if you redeem my name and help me to understand the Bible, I will preach it the rest of my life. I will be faithful. Again, you know, I'm making this emotional uh, commitment. But it looked like when I finished, said that, I opened the Bible and began to read it. And I remember when I read through it, I was rejoicing that one evening, and I was telling my wife about it, going through the Bible. But it looked like when I looked back on the pages that a recorder went off in my head, and I could remember, like, the meaning of the story. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I got... You, you know, Nahum and all those books over there you never hear. You know, I got a sense of what that story was about. Yeah. And, I, and I think that, uh, boy, that's been, uh, you know, what I've been trying to do is yeah. explain that. And now more and more uh, people are saying to me, let's go to the next level. I said, no, no, we done got too far away from the first level. Yeah. <laughs> we need to go back to the basics. And you know, the scripture that I'm preaching today is John 3.16. The scripture that I'm preaching today is, uh, is Psalms 1, uh, Psalms uh, 23. Mm-hmm. Those are so basic scriptures. But people don't set them so much, they don't get the significance. They don't see yeah. the foundation on which those scriptures are, yeah. uh, are, are based. So I'm enjoying doing yeah. that these days. Dr. Perkins, you have so much wisdom uh, for leaders and, and for people that are trying to, to do what God's called them to do. What, what characteristics do you think are important for leaders or, or someone that's younger that's coming along today and trying to figure out uh, the role that God's called them to? I, I, I think it's, um, it's a hunger. How do you create that hunger? Mm-hmm. Uh, he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness, David said, my heart painless after God, like a deer at a water brook. The art of preaching, I think, is finding that longing, okay. finding that longing in your, in, in, in your audience. What are you longing for? What are you longing for? Yeah. Then the good news become good news. What was I longing for? 
I was longing for love without a mother, without a father. I know my grandmother loved us collectively, yeah. but I didn't feel loved individually. Yeah. And boy, that morning, uh, I found if I, if I could sing, I'd sing this song. I was feasting on this husk around me till my strength was almost gone. Long my soul for something better, only still to hang on. But hallelujah, I found that God was love, that God was love. And that's the central message uh, of, the, yeah. of, of the gospel. I love your passion for the Lord and for what he's done. I think if, if the church today could get a hold of the passion you're talking about, it would revolutionize uh, the work of God around the world. And so I'm so thankful for you and what you've done, and thankful you took time to be with us today on 100 Huntley Street. Thank you so much. Good to be with you. Thank oh, you. man. You know what, <clears throat> Rich? I thank God that Dr. John Perkins came across our path. Yes, isn't that right? What, what wisdom in that life. And, you know, I think that identified so much with so many people in our audience right now. I want to put that to music. Here it is. Six years, isn't That's it? right. Jesus of Galilee. Yeah. 
Oh, the listener comment line is 1-800-345-2621. And we'd love to hear from you. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Or any programs, any programs that we do or you think we should right. carry. And, and, or your testimony, how the programming of Bot Radio Network has had an impact oh, on your you life and your what, family. Rich? I just love it when I'm reading the transcripts and people say, do you know what? I became a Christian listening to Bot Radio Network or the Lord brought me back to him and then I found a good Bible-believing church. I want to tell you something, folks. Find a good Bible-believing church because that's where you'll find fellowship and that's where you'll find friends that will hold your arms up when you're too weary to pray. This is Dick Bott with his chapter, The Complete Story as a Public Service. I'll see you later.